Welcome to Simpler Bible, a daily journey to biblical understanding. I do not know how many times I'm going to say this during the course of this year, but this is absolutely one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, I would not worry about trying to keep track of it. It's going to be a lot. I'm going to say that a lot. Today, for episode 32, we are in Exodus 16. Exodus 16, episode 32. Let's dive right in in verse 1. They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day, of course, I had the wrong color pin, there we go, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. We'll pause right here, and we'll make note of this, that they are one month now out of Egypt. So you'll remember that they left on the 15th day of the first month, it is now the 15th day of the second month, and so it's been one month that they have been out of Egypt. Verse 2. The whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled, you're going to see that a lot in this chapter, against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Oh my goodness. How many times are we going to see this? Go back to chapter 4, go back to chapter 5, go back to chapter 6. Chapter 4, they're worshiping God. Chapter 5, they're grumbling against God. Chapter 6, they're so discouraged. They're so heartbroken. They're like, man, we should have just stayed in Egypt. In chapter 14, they're like, isn't this what we told you, Moses? You should have just left us in Egypt. And so before they even leave Egypt, they're telling Moses, we should just stay here. A week out of Egypt, they're like, Moses, just let us go back. And now here it is a month later. And they're like, man, we should have just stayed in Egypt. All right. So look at this verse again, verse three. The people of Israel said to them, would that we have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, by the way, do you remember um, what we ended with the other day? And how I said, I, I wish it was going to be optimistic. I wish that, you know, because it says they believed the Lord. They believed Moses. That was at the end of, I believe, yesterday's lesson, right? So they're like, man, we believe the Lord. We believe Moses. And now here they're doubting God again. It's three weeks. Three weeks later, they're like, we're done. We're done for. We're done with God. We're done with you. So verse four, then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven on you and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test you or test them whether they will walk in my law or not. This is going to be referenced for us in Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 3. Very, very important text. Deuteronomy 8 occurs in the last 60 days of the 40-year exodus in at the time in the wilderness. It's the last 60 days of that period. Of course, we'll get you details on that later. But God is testing them to see if they're going to depend on him. He's going to give them manna. He's going to give them daily bread to see if they will depend on him. Verse five, on the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they have gathered daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, at evening, you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord because he heard you grumbling against the Lord for for what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, when the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against him. What are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against God. Then Moses said to Aaron, say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumblings. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. How this was different than the regular pillar of fire, I don't know, and the Bible doesn't tell us, so we'll move on. Chapter 11, or sorry, verse 11. 
The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumblings of the people of Israel. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I told you that there are about four reasons that God says, I am the Lord. Four ways in the Bible that he shows that he is the Lord. And one of these is through provision and blessing. So this is that. He's going to provide for them food, sustenance, and once again reveal that he is the Lord. All right. In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, dew lay upon the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as the frost on the ground. Verse 15, when the people saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall take an omer according to the number of the persons that each one of you has in his tents. And the people of Israel did so. Some gathered more, some gathered less. Verse 18, very, very important here. But when they measured, measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over. Whoever ever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. Now you're going to think, what in the world does this have to do with giving in the church in the New Testament? And that would be a really fair question. These people are gathering manna. And the question that you're asking is, how would this fit in with the generous giving of the church in the New Testament? Well, you go over to 2 Corinthians 8, 13 through 15. In the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 are the longest single section about giving in the church, giving in the New Testament. And if you go to 2 Corinthians 8, contrary to what I was taught, and maybe you, I was taught give until it hurts, sacrificial giving. You have to give until it pains you a little bit. That is not what the Bible teaches. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 8, Paul teaches that you are to give out of your abundance into the lack of your brothers and sisters in Christ, and then they, out of their abundance, can give into your lack. And then he quotes this verse right here, speaking of manna, and he says, those who gathered much didn't have too much, and those who gathered little didn't have too little. Why? Remember, manna was only going to last for a day. That's all it was going to last for. We'll see a little bit more about that in a moment. But it was only going to last for a day. And so if you gathered too much and your neighbor gathered too little, little, what would you do with that manna? You would give your surplus to your neighbor. You wouldn't give them out of the omer you had for you to eat. That was yours. You would give them out of the surplus, whatever you had over the needs for your household. And you would give that into the need of the other person so that when they gathered too much the next day and you gathered too little, their surplus would supply your need. And that's the attitude, by the way, that the New Testament church should have about giving. We don't give until it hurts. We take care of our needs and out of our surplus, we meet the needs of our brothers and sisters around us with the idea that what we have now is just for the day. We have enough for today's bread. We have enough for today's bills. We have enough for today's need. Here's my surplus. It belongs to my neighbor who doesn't have enough. So this is a verse that's quoted by Paul in the New Testament on how the church should regard giving and generous giving at that. So I know it's a little cool trinket, treasure trove kind of thing where these two things connect that you wouldn't think connect at all. Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it. Verse 19, sorry. Moses said, let no one leave any of it over till morning, but they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it until the morning and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. By morning, they gathered much, each as they could eat. But by this, but when the sun grew hot, it melted. So a couple of things, it's perishable. If you keep it overnight, it has worms and maggots in it. And in the heat of the day, it melts away. All right. Those are very important. Uh, so bread worms and it stank. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, boil what you will boil, and what is left over lay aside to be kept till morning. 
So they laid it aside till morning as Moses had commanded, and it did not stink, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather. On the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will the people refuse to keep my laws? So the people rested on the seventh day. Look down here in verse 31. Now the house of the Lord called its name manna, which means, what is it? It was like coriander seed, white, and its taste was like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations so that they may see the bread which I fed you in the wilderness and when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, take a jar, put an omer of manna in it, place it before the Lord to be kept for all generations. Now, very, very cool here. And we have a lot to unpack, probably more than I have time for, certainly more than I have time for in this video. So a couple of thoughts. One, the manna was temporary. It spoiled, it rotted, it faded away. It didn't last, okay? It, it melted in the heat of the day. If you kept it too long, it would spoil and fade. And, and so they had to gather in a timely fashion. But what were they going to have to do tomorrow? Sabbath day aside, what were they going to have to do tomorrow? They were going to have to gather it again. And what were they going to have to do the next day? Gather it again and so on and so forth. Their works would never be finished, right? Well, here's what's interesting. Uh, in John chapter 6, Jesus has just fed the multitudes with, with bread. He's just multiplied this boy's lunch, fed the multitudes the day before. And now in John 6, the people are coming to him and they're saying, look, Give us bread like Moses gave us manna in the wilderness. They're asking Jesus to provide for them manna. And then Jesus says, I am the true bread of life. I am the bread that came down out of heaven. Jesus compares himself to manna, which is really amazing because a couple of things is manna is perishable. It, it rots, it spoils, it fades. It has to be gathered day after day after day after day after day. And that in a timely fashion. And you're like, oh man, how is Jesus comparing himself to manna? Well, the answer is right here in verses 32 and verse 33. So manna we know is temporary, but what does God tell Moses? He says, Moses, take an omer of manna, tell Aaron to put it aside, to keep it in the presence of the Lord for all generations, so that all generations will see what I have done. So then, there is manna that is kept in the presence of God, that is a sign for all generations of what God had done. That means that manna never spoils, never rots, never fades away. Now, if Jesus is comparing himself to manna, and he's comparing himself to manna that either rots, spoils, and fades away, or manna that is kept in the presence of God as a witness for all generations of what he has done, which one do you think Jesus would be referring to? And if you're thinking the hidden manna, the kept manna, you would be right. Duh, right? Of course he's not perishable. Of course uh, you don't need to gather a portion of Jesus every day. Here's another thing that's really interesting. This is not the last mention of manna. You know where the last mention of manna is in the Bible? Revelation 2 verse 17. Revelation 2 17 says, to those who overcome, to those who have put faith in God, to those who overcome, I give the right to eat some of the hidden manna, some of the kept manna. It is a picture of righteousness. It is a picture of Christ. And once again here, we have a picture of the law and of grace. So I want you to consider this for a moment, all right? So here's the law and the grace picture. Law says you have to work for righteousness. Law says you have to repeat and do it again and do it again and do it again. The law is based on our works, works-based righteousness. And the work that the people did in gathering manna, they gathered the manna every day, every day. But what happened? It was never sufficient. It was never enough. You'd have to go and gather it again. You'd have to go and gather it again. Their works of gathering the manna would never come to an end. They would always have to do that. 
But the manna that God commanded be kept aside as a testimony for all generations of what he had done, the picture of Christ, that manna lasts forever. So this is a picture of the difference between law and grace. The works that we do rot and spoil and fade and cannot produce for us life. But what God has done through Jesus Christ, the hidden manna, the kept manna, that lasts forever. And now where is Jesus? Jesus is in the presence of God, bearing witness to all generations of the saving work of God through Jesus Christ. And so, again, a picture of law and grace. Our works can't satisfy our needs. Our works can't satisfy the requirement for life. But what God has done will supply that. And then you might want to make note of Hebrews 9.4. It talks about the things that are kept in the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant at this point has not been built. But one of the things that was kept in the Ark of the Covenant is this jar of manna. And then the Bible says here in 34 through 36, the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept. The people of Israel ate the manna for 40 years till they came into the habitable, uh, wow, habitable land. They ate the manna till they came to the border of the land of Canaan. And so they'll eat manna until Joshua 5.2, the day after they enter into the promised land. And so manna, man, what a picture of God, what a picture of his grace, what a picture of who knew of giving in the church. And so it's not just the practical, tangible thing, but there's also the spiritual element to it as well. And we have in it the futility of the law, the futility of our own works, and the beauty and the grace of the work and the glory of Jesus Christ. So I hope that that has encouraged you and inspired you, and I will see you again tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining with us today at Simpler Bible through another section of scripture where we come to know and understand God a little bit better. Look, if you're brand new to Simpler Bible, we have all sorts of resources available for you. Go to our website, simplerbible.com, and there you can find these videos, you can find our podcast, you can find links to our social media, and you can even find a blog post with additional scriptures if you want to go into a little bit more study than we had time to cover in this podcast and video today. We hope that this tool will be exactly that for you, a tool. Not something that replaces your daily walk with God, but something that enhances your daily walk with God and helps you to know and enjoy Him more. Thank you so much for being part of this, and we'll see you again tomorrow.